Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hey guys, how's it going? Today we're going to be talking about how your brain tricks you. And I really want to talk about this because not only with the new program happening, I'm seeing a lot more clients and members of the program struggling with this, but I see it to be a common issue in the community, I guess you could say. Especially people will say things like, your body knows best, your brain knows best. And while your body gets a lot of things correct, it gets a lot of things right, like natural hunger cues, things like that, your body can also get things wrong. It's not that our um, human brain, our evolutionary body will just always drive us to do the correct thing, the decision that's best for us. If it did, then all of us would have the most perfect diets you could ever see, and we would all do work exactly on time, and we would all be the most productive people we could be, and we would sleep on time, we wouldn't do anything bad for us, we wouldn't have any bad habits at all, we'd be a complete utopian society. So of course, your body messes things up, and your brain tries to trick you into doing things that you don't necessarily want to do, but in the moment, you rationalize it. So I'm going to talk about that today, but first I want to fill you guys in. A lot has been happening. I am moving soon, so that is exciting, but also the program has been out for a few weeks now, the Binge Breakers Recovery course, and that has been so rewarding. Not only have I taken on new clients from that, but there are people in the program It's a tight-knit community, and it's so exciting to see the progress people are making. And not only is it just watching individual clients make progress, you know, but it's watching the group form. It's watching people support each other. I paired up some accountability partners in that group recently, and it's really fun to watch those people connect. I talked to someone recently, the person I paired up the accountability partner with, she said it was really nice to talk to someone who is also normal and has bulimia. And that's the thing, we all think that we're crazy and no one else in the world has bulimia, but it's very common. It's just that people don't talk about it because they keep it a secret. So she said that was great to have someone to talk to an accountability partner. Another person, posted something really fantastic in the Facebook group, and I want to read off a little bit of what she said, just to give you guys some motivation. She wanted to share just something, an achievement she had made, and I really teach people inside the course how to feel their urges, how to manage their urges and not freak out, and I go into in-depth in the program, and I really try to work on all of these people feeling your emotions, because that's kind of the ultimate superpower you can have when it comes to dealing with bulimia. She basically had an off day, and she had six to seven urges, but um, she said as soon as she noticed the first slight touch of an urge, she set her timer to 20 minutes, committed to waiting for that 20 minutes before she ate something, and every single time the urge was gone before the timer went to zero, and she did it seven times that day. And she said she left her feeling stunned, proud, and empowered. And it wasn't even that hard to do. So I just, I want to share that with you because a lot of you guys think that you're stuck in this binge purge spiral for the rest of your life and that you'll never get out of it. What I want to tell you is that that's not true. You can do it. 
I highly recommend that you go check out the course, that you come and visit this course and join so you can be surrounded in this community of people that are going through the same thing as you. They're all struggling with binging and purging. They're all getting through it. They're learning how to, how to deal with their urges, how to deal with the other things that accompany bulimia, how to move on with their life. And so if you want to do that, I highly recommend you go check it out. You can find um, more out about the program at bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course. It's really exciting. And I'll tell you as a coach, as someone who created this program, as someone who went through bulimia myself, it is beyond rewarding to get messages like these, to see things like these. I had other clients send me in things about how they're moving along with bulimia, how they're improving and feeling better. It brings tears to my eyes sometimes. It's just so amazing to know that these people are getting better. And it, this would have never happened if I hadn't just pushed through some pain and I hadn't believed in myself. So I don't know. I just thank you to all of you guys listening. Thank you to everyone that's joined the program. Thank you to all of you guys out there. I wouldn't be here without you. So I appreciate you. Go check out the course. It'll change your life. If you're struggling with binging and purging, definitely check it out. Anyway, on to the episode, how your brain tries to trick you into binging and purging, because of course this podcast is about bulimia, so I always want to make sure that we're talking in that sort of context. Your brain is really driven for very basic things. Of course, we're humans, we have evolved very highly, we have a prefrontal cortex, we have this decision-making brain that a lot of other animal animals, they don't have the privilege of having that high of cognitive function. We think about things in much more depth than other animals do. And we make decisions ahead of time. We plan ahead of time. We have ethical dilemmas. We um, consider other options. But we still have this battle between our brains. We've got this highly developed decision-making brain. And then we have this primal brain. And we have this brain that is more like your animal brain, I guess you could say. That's how Katherine Hansen puts it. But basically... Just your habit brain, your brain that takes care of all those basic functions, just like other animals' brains do. Your brain, in its most primal sense, doesn't care about your bills, per se. It doesn't care about the things that you need to do, the work that you need to get done, the thing that you need to pick up. Your brain just cares about survival, protecting you from anything that it deems scary, it wants you to get food, it wants you to get shelter, and it wants you to be able to reproduce. That's pretty much it. Your brain just like shelter, food, sex. And that's what your brain has meant to drive you to. And these are kind of the things that we have now in the world today are almost secondary, um, secondary drivers that still lead back to those things. So money in itself isn't going to give you shelter necessarily. It's just money. But you can buy shelter with money. You can buy food with money. You can buy all these things with money. And so your brain does associate money with survival. That being said, your brain doesn't necessarily perceive dangers correctly. Sometimes we have to do work when we don't want to do work. I'm recording this podcast today, and I'll tell you, today has been a very busy day. Like I said, I'm moving soon, and it's not just moving to another um, place down the street. It is moving all the way across the country. It's going to be rough. And so I have a lot of things to do. I have a lot of things on my plate on top of running a business, launching a course, all these things. Um, I didn't really feel like recording this podcast today, but I still have to do it. 
but my brain wanted to procrastinate on it because it deemed it as a stressor and it deemed it as almost dangerous. And my brain tried to come up for me, my brain tried to give me all these reasons why I shouldn't do the podcast. <laughs> my brain tried to tell me, you can do it later. You don't necessarily need to put out the podcast. You can put out the interview that you have planned for your Friday podcast instead. You could do that. You could do this other thing instead. You could procrastinate with cleaning. You really need to clean. Your house needs to be spotless before you can record the podcast. All these things. And it's because since the podcast was stressing me out or the idea that I didn't have enough time to do the podcast, my brain in a sense thought that the podcast was literally dangerous and it's trying to make me avoid doing those things so i'm just trying to give you an example of how dysfunctional your brain can be and how your brain really doesn't always piece things together clearly it's the same with food and binging what happens with a habit and what happens with binging and purging is somewhat similar and the fact is binging and purging is pretty much an addiction and your brain really wants to try to get you to binge because it thinks that it's necessary for your survival. Instead of thinking it's a danger, it thinks that you're, it's dangerous if you don't binge. It thinks that it's dangerous if you don't get that, those cookies and that cake and whatever else you're binging on, pizza, whatever. It thinks that you absolutely need that to survive. And of course, you know rationally, you don't need that pizza Unless you haven't eaten for three days, you probably don't need that pizza, right? But your brain thinks, no, we're going to die if we don't get that pizza right now. And of course, there's a lot of things going on in your brain that causes this. Um, dopamine's a big indicator. And also you have a neural pathway built in your brain that says, when we feel stressed, when we feel this emotion, when we feel this trigger, then we're going to binge and that's going to solve all our problems. It's, it's going to solve, it's going to give you numbness. It's going to give you relief to whatever stress you're feeling. It's going to give you all of these pleasures. So we need that food. We need that food immediately. But your brain doesn't say that to you in the moment. It's not like in the moment you think, I'm going to die if I don't have that food. That's not what you think because your brain, you're still a rational being. You still think in your own cognitive thought ways. So instead, your brain will give you sneaky thoughts. And I like calling them sneaky thoughts. You can call them whatever you want. But sneaky thoughts are basically convincing thoughts that your brain gives you to trick you into binging. And my clients brought up a few of these thoughts this week that I thought were interesting. And I want to share them briefly with you. One was kind of like, what's the point? What's the point? You could give up at any time. So why don't you just give up now? And in the moment, that thought to her sounded so rational, sounded so convincing, sounded like, yeah, that makes sense in the moment, totally made sense to her. But when you think about it, if some person came up to you and said this to you, they said, well, you're going to give up anyway at some point, so why don't you just do it now? What would you tell that person? You tell that person to get away from you, to leave, to basically F off because they're not helping you and they're trying to discourage you with a goal that you're trying to do, which is to not binge and perch. You wouldn't listen to this person. You treat them for the crazy, terrible person that they're being. Another sneaky thought could be, you can try again tomorrow. Doesn't matter today, you could try again tomorrow. Let's just do it now. We'll just do it this one other time. That's the only time we're gonna do it. And after that, we can move on and we can try again tomorrow. It's totally fine if you do it today. 
that's something that people that your brain can say to you to try to get you to binge. Another one could be you're stressed, you need to decompress. And another big one is nothing's going to help anyway. You're never going to be able to do it anyway. That was a big one for me. And that's a big one for a lot of my clients is you're never going to be able to succeed. So why don't you do it now? You're not going to figure it out. Like, let's just give up right here, right now. Let's binge and purge. But what I want to tell you is you have to be onto your brain. You have to recognize those thoughts. You have to say, no, that is not what we're thinking anymore. You almost have to treat those thoughts as if it's an alien. It's an alien looking in at you that it's, you have to detach yourself from that thought. Those thoughts aren't you. Those thoughts are just old neural pathways. It's neurological junk. It tries to convince you in different ways. You deserve it. You should have it. It's not that bad. You're not that bad. What's one more binging purge session? Um, just one piece. That was a big thing for me. It's like, I'll just have a bite. I'll just have one bite. But I knew once I had a bite, after diving into my binge purge sessions even more, looking at them in more depth, I knew that if I, after I had a bite of food, I would have more. It was almost guaranteed. So I might as well not have the bite and not start. There's so many ways in which your brain throws this neurological junk at you and makes it seem like it's rational, but it's not. So it's your responsibility in the moment to tackle those thoughts head on. Now, you don't want to resist them. You just kind of want to let them be there and observe them. Observe them as if they're this outside person because they are in a way. This is your animal brain. It's your primal brain. It's not really the smart human brain that you love and know and that you think with all the time. It's the brain that drives you to get food, that gets water, to get shelter. It's the brain that stresses you out when you have an assignment due or a, a project due at work. A lot of us think that we have to somehow work through these thoughts and that we have to hopefully get to a point some, someday and that we have to hopefully get to a point someday where these thoughts just won't happen. But the unfortunate truth that I want to tell you is that your brain will always try to give you these lies. It'll always try to convince you to do stuff, to avoid work. Your brain, as Brooke Castillo says it, wants to avoid pain and seek pleasure. That's all it wants to do. And there are different types of pleasure. There are, you know, primary pleasure where you get immediate pleasure from whatever you're doing, like eating a slice of pizza. But there's also secondary pleasure. There's secondary pleasure where you go through a bunch of hard work, you study really hard for an exam and you get an A, or you work really hard on a project for work and you, you get a promotion, or you work really hard on a course and then you give it out into the world and people buy it and people are getting results from it. That's all secondary pleasures, but it feels so much better than the primary pleasure because it just feels like you did something. But your brain doesn't recognize that pleasure as well. You know what I'm talking about. You guys have all felt accomplished about something. But when your brain, your brain responds to immediate feedback. It's like when a dog does something good, you reward him immediately for doing something good because he's going to recognize that much more. He won't understand when you give him a treat three hours after he did something good. He won't understand what the treat is for. He'll just think that you're giving him food because why not? But you have to continue trying to go for that secondary pleasure because your brain is never going to stop 
operating unless we make some major scientific advances in the the near future. Your brain is never going to stop seeking that immediate pleasure, and it's never going to stop avoiding pain. You just have to get better at dealing with those thoughts, dealing with those urges, managing those things. It's not about silencing those things. It's not about hoping they'll go away someday. They may always be there, but you get better at handling them until they become weak and not convincing anymore. Because I've mentioned this many times before, I still get urges. I get urges to overeat. Occasionally I have urges to binge and purge. Usually when I'm very, very stressed out, but they still happen, but I can easily just brush those thoughts off. I can brush them off because I went through the pain of sitting through those urges, sitting through those thoughts, not answering them and treating them for what they are, which is neurological junk. You do not have to listen to your brain, question the thoughts that your brain gives you. Are they actually rational? Are they actually true? Does this really make sense? If someone else said this to me, would I believe them? Probably not. (laughs) Because who wants to binge and purge? No one. No one wants to binge and purge. You don't want to binge and purge just in the moment your primal brain wants to because you think that it's going to alleviate some pain, and it does, but then it leaves you with a big dip in your life, a big negative impact in your life. I experienced a lot of secondary pleasure when I created the course, but it was not fun. I had a lot of fun. I had fun creating it. That's a lie. I enjoyed creating the course, but there was also a lot of pain involved. I didn't want to record all those modules. It's not like I show up to work every day and I always have an attitude of, I want to do this. I'm excited to do this. My brain will come up with a million reasons why I shouldn't do this. My brain will be like, you know, you should probably clean. You should probably do this instead. Maybe you should spend an hour on Instagram looking at hashtags. It's your responsibility to take those thoughts look at them objectively, don't just run away with them, pause, look at those thoughts, and question, are they true, are they not true, should I listen to this, do I want to go through with it anyway? So basically, we need to take responsibility for our thoughts. That's, that's the big, big point to what I'm saying here, is that you need to take responsibility for your thoughts. Not everything your brain says is true, According to the National Science Foundation, an article published in 2005 summarizing research on human thoughts per day, it was found that the average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Of those thousands of thoughts, 80% were negative, 95% were exactly the same repetitive thoughts as the day before. Which I think is just so hilarious. That's that's ridiculous. 80% were negative. 95% were just the repetitive thoughts that we think every day. So you can imagine between the 12,000 thoughts and 60,000 thoughts that you have per day, do you think all of those are true? Do you think your mind is so brilliant enough that everything you think is completely true, completely rational, completely sound? No, probably not. Absolutely not. <laughs> your, your brain makes mistakes all the time. You make mistakes all the time. You're human. You're gonna think things that aren't true. It's your job to not believe those things, to question your thoughts, to question everything around you and decide to think something differently. Decide to think something different. Decide to choose a different option. Decide to not answer those urges. Decide to move on. I hope this has been insightful for you guys. Hopefully you guys have picked up some tricky thoughts that your brain is telling you that you weren't really aware of. Um, There are so many thoughts that your brain offers that are just tricky, but they're just not helpful. Another client of mine struggled with a thought this week, which was, I'm going to regret 
this afterwards. When she knew she was about to binge, she would think, I'm going to regret this later. And that was just causing her pain in the moment. And it wasn't necessarily driving her to binge, but the reason that thought wasn't very helpful is it's like, she's already anticipating pain. She's anticipating feeling horrible about herself. So how does she escape feeling horrible? She binges. So while it maybe not necessarily was like, go binge, it was incentivizing her to binge, to numb out that thought, to numb out the instant regret that she was gonna feel. There's so many things that our brain offers us that's just terrible for our life. So I hope this has been enlightening to you guys. I hope this has been insightful. Again, if you are looking to recover from bulimia, if you're ready to commit to recovering from bulimia, the best way to do that is to actually get help, to reach out for help. I highly recommend that you go visit my course, that you go look at my coaching packages. When we work together, we work on your negative thoughts like these. We work on uncovering what your brain's telling you, why it's not useful, and we work on practicing how to feel those urges, how to manage them, how to get through them. I help you get through the other side. I push you to be uncomfortable so that you can deal with the world again. And I hold you accountable. So if you're interested in those things, if you really want to break up with bulimia for good, highly recommend you go check out my course and coaching. That is in the description below. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.